Alex and this is the Geordie Guide to Happiness. Welcome to episode 12. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with Dominic tonight. Hi, Dom. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. (laughs) I wasn't feeling too great earlier on with everything that's been going on today. We should probably say that we record these sessions a few a few days in advance and it was announced today that the mm. northeast um are getting a, a few restrictions put back in place so i was feeling a little bit yeah discombobulated is that a word it's um, it's an appropriate word yeah <laughs> we're all a bit confused aren't we yeah and then i came back from the garage very expensive bill um Oof. But um, I put Bonnie Tyler Total Eclipse of the Heart on on my radio <laughs> and uh, it's a huge roller derby anthem. And yeah, I just put that on very loud and that made me feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Is that like on a compilation you've got? Or is it just the one song on loop? <laughs> just on loop. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've actually got, um, and this was before the, uh, the, the podcast came to be I, I put together a happy a happy songs playlist um Excellent. so i kind of put that on wake me up before you go go <laughs> uh don't stop me now <laughs> has it got the eye of the tiger on it it hasn't actually it does oh. have let's get ready to rumble um you know that always puts a smile on my face so yeah i've got my happiness soundtrack my happy songs so uh yeah it was definitely needed today after everything that's been going on what about you oh you know what uh i bought a bike today (gasps) Mm, inspired by lucy one of our previous inspired by this this podcast that we're making Um, nice i find you know i'm not really very interested in being healthy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but maybe some of the uh, some of the people we're interviewing maybe they're having a positive uh, influence on me. We'll see. <laughs> so, what prompted that then, other than our, our wonderful podcasters? It was yeah. I was. Um, I think it was a mix of um, potentially going into lockdown again and realizing that I just don't think I could take just another few months in the house. So I, I kind of panic bought a bike but um mostly on the advice of all the people who on this podcast love exercise and cycling as a way to keep themselves fit and healthy so yeah thank you everybody nice or maybe it's not i'm saying that now when it's raining <laughs> and i'm kind of wheezing up a hill i might not be so grateful <laughs> i've um i've rediscovered my bike as well actually in the last few weeks because um in, again, in a sort of burst of enthusiasm after 2012, I bought a bike um, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of, for various reasons, just sort of sat in the garage and I, I got it out a few weeks ago and got it checked over. And today I sort of cycled to North Shields and back and um, wow. it was it was great. It was all right, actually. Quite a nice little route. But I'm kind of quite getting into my bike, actually. I never thought I would. I think I'm probably, like with camping, I'm a fair weather cyclist as well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like you, come the winter when it's chucking it down with rain. Yeah. Uh, yeah I might not be so keen, but uh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I have to confess, I've already been looking at um, electric conversion kits. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I saw one of them in the rising sun a few weeks ago. It was a, a curious contraption (laughs) Mm. yeah i'm into that but yeah oh well it's wonderful to hear that uh, some of our podcasters have uh inspired you dom let's uh watch the space then 
Shall we introduce this week's guest interview then? Yes. yes. Fab, fab. Um, I interviewed Claire Matthews recently um, and she's finding happiness and contentment after a life of mental health distress and psychiatric diagnoses. Transgender, autistic and with a complex disassociative disorder, she's learned the benefits of radical self-acceptance only since moving to Newcastle. A keen walker and sometimes writer and performer, she's spent the last few years recovering, building for the future and finding satisfaction each day. Claire has learned that some impossible things turn out to be possible. Many others do not, and that's all right. She's also a Sudoku genius and adores sharing the contrasting beauty of numbers and nature. And just so you know, this episode does discuss sensitive issues relating to mental health. But enough of me talking. Let's hear more from Claire about what happiness means to her. Well, Claire, a very warm welcome to the Geordie Guide to Happiness. Thank you so much for talking to me this afternoon. Thank you for making the offer of putting the putting the trust into some, someone like me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, before we get started with the sort of happiness questions, though, could you perhaps just spend a couple of minutes just introducing yourself? Set the uh, scene for us? I could try. My, my name's Claire. I'm meant to be talking about happiness. I'm sort of a world expert on sadness and being unhappy most of the time, but that's been improving a lot in the last few years. Um, yeah, I live in Newcastle. I live live in the Biker Wall. In, in this room, I'm looking out of my window at the back of the biker wall, which is a lot prettier than the side that most people see. It's it's not a bad place to live, really. Lived in Newcastle for 10 years, very nearly 10 years, having moved around the country quite a lot, originally from Sussex. So I'm one of those, well, I sound like a posh southerner, but I'm not actually <laughs> posh. I'm just a southerner who... Me grew, too. <laughs> yeah, grew up on an estate and I'm not mm-hmm. posh. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the view out of your window then. You say it's a, a nice, pretty view. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's not a view I see much. This is the quiet side of the house because it has <laughs> lots of neighbours talking. But yeah, there's one row of houses, then some trees, and then there's Raby Gate, which is seven, eight storeys of wall, which is brightly green and blue and white and very, very pretty, really. And if I, if I went just to the left, there's a climbing wall that I've never used, but I might do one day when I'm fit. I've, I've, I've taken my daughter to the climbing wall there. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So if you do do get a chance to go, it's it's uh, some great facilities in there, sort of tucked away as well. It took me a little while to find it the first time, yeah. <laughs> as a lot of places in the wall. I've been to, I, I know a couple of people who live in the wall and I always get lost. It's easy. If you go down a hill in the wall and then come up the same hill, you end up somewhere else. It's, <laughs> it's a magical place. <laughs> What's the, do you feel that there's a sense of community in the biker wall? Some, yeah. I mean, people have been here for decades, say it was better in the old estate in what were the slums or got called mm-hmm. the slums. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's quite fun. I know quite a lot of people in the wall where I lived before in Newcastle and you pretty much nobody and here there's a wide range of people it's sort of the underclass who aren't coping it's the working class who are and then there's a subsection of artists and sculptors and writers and wild weirdness hidden away that you don't expect so i know quite a lot of people a real a real mix then yeah yeah i like it good good um 
thinking about yeah your typical day um i know that might be hard at the moment we kind of uh, you know a lot of people are sort of talking pre-lockdown post-lockdown but do you have a typical day do you have a routine that you'd like to stick to in a, in a little bit i mean pre-lockdown there wasn't a typical day i just had this determination to go out somewhere every day for the sake of my often difficult brain because mm. I, I knew that if i'd stay in and don't go out i just sink really really quickly but there wasn't anything typical so it was writing groups or going to see friends or having a walk going singing somewhere going to college in the last year doing a bit of activism mm -hmm. anything to get out and have a life and try and build a life and some things went really well and some things went completely badly doing stand-up comedy once which was very scary it went very well wow yeah. i don't think i could do that how did that go then it, it, it was brilliant I got, I got told by the person running the thing that it was the best debut he'd seen in quite a lot of years nice the crowd fell apart <laughs> then i tried to do this set somewhere else and it just sank so that ah, was funny interesting interesting yeah. so what's but, your comedy style then um I just stand around and talk normally, really. <laughs> a, a lot of it was about mental health because it came out of a mm. mental health event. But mm. I was sort of critiquing stereotypes, put it that way. Because over the years, I've had 18 different diagnoses. So I can, yeah, I can rubbish all that. And then yeah. also yeah. have the autism diagnosis, which has a lot of stereotypes, most of which don't make sense for most autistic people, which is quite funny really so there's a lot of comedy in that tell me a little bit more then about um that sort of mental health side of things then you sort of said at the start of the the interview that you kind of um think more about sadness than happiness um well, can you tell me a little bit more about that well i, I used to um in, in childhood which i didn't remember much of childhood there was a lot of poor mental health gets called depression what get called other things and then by the time I was 13 I'd been given a diagnosis of schizophrenia mm -hmm. which was total nonsense but we didn't know that at the time mm -hmm. then at 15 I got told I needed hospitalization for months on ECT which thankfully didn't happen and it's just been ups and downs since then with drugs and diagnoses and hunting and reliance on all of that which hasn't been good. So I became an expert in, in sadness. I became an expert in self-hatred too, because I'm, I'm, I'm transgender and I, I grew up thinking that I was a monster and thinking that I didn't really deserve to live because of that. A lot of people my age did. It's changing quite a bit now. Not enough, but it's changing. Yeah. And, and then I embraced a radical form of Christianity, unfortunately, which told okay. me to hate myself even more. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it, was, it was one of one of the versions of Jesus who doesn't like me, as opposed to mm -hmm. one of the ones who does. Mm -hmm. So that made things worse. My first church I was in had a massive tape collection from a gay cure ministry, which really didn't help much. So things got worse for years and years and years. Yeah, expert in sadness. <laughs> But that's okay. That's mostly past. So did you find it quite hard or impossible to find any happiness during those times? Uh, there, were, there were good days. There were bad days. There were things I was very, very into doing. But even on the best days when I could have said, <clears throat> I'm happy, I wasn't happy. And there was always a dark undercloud behind. And 
a monster preparing to strike or the mm. wave coming in or whatever analogy you want. But it was always there every single day for decades. It's a sob story. It's a sob story. <laughs> it's so, not really. So what, what's changed then, Claire, if you, if you feel that you can talk about happiness now? What's, what's made that change happen? Ah, I moved to Newcastle. <laughs> there's, a, there's a simple answer. Because mo- moving 10 years ago, I was <clears throat> a homophobic man, a very, very conservative Catholic. I could mm-hmm. out-Catholic pretty much anybody in the city, <laughs> which was not good. Um, yeah, I was also determinedly neurotypical because the, the only autistic things I knew about were locked-in children and people having massive meltdowns in Sainsbury's or not in Biker because we don't have a Sainsbury's in Biker. We're not posh here. (laughs) And so there was basically a whole load of self-rejection going on on every single level. And I I tried to put God at the centre and say God is love and all these other lovely things like that. But then when you've got self-rejection underneath, none of that really works. So you mm. just end up going downhill because you don't feel the love of God. So that just drives you lower and lower. And yeah, in the last 10 years, I've got out of all of that and learned to accept myself as female, as autistic, as a weirdo. <laughs> it's okay being weird. <laughs> Every, I think everyone, I think I was going to say everyone's a little bit weird in different everybody's ways. Everybody's weird, yeah. Either yeah. that or everybody's normal because it's normal to be weird. <laughs> One of the two. Nobody I like knows. that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what does happiness contentment mean to you then? Because we, we've kind of, um, we've chatted before, haven't we, yeah. uh, in some workshops and, and a few people in the workshop were talking about, rather than using the word happiness, the word contentment instead. Yes. What does either of those terms mean to you? What, what term do you prefer to use? To be honest, after a lot of thought this year and in lots of years before and in a lot of recovery, not that I'm into that word for my life, um, I don't know. Mm. Um, Happiness is not being suicidal, having Mm -hmm. gone through a phase of being suicidal every day for more than two years that only finished last year. Happiness is being able to accept the internal stuff that's going on and all of the mood swings and all mm. of the highs and lows, all the stuff I can and can't do whilst getting some mm. realism on the stories of what I can and can't do. And it's being able to accept at least some of the external things that go on. Some of them it's worth you know, bitching about and getting really, really cross about. But some of them it isn't. It's there's dropping the hatred of myself, dropping the hatred of others and offering compassion to myself and others. Happiness and contentment as well, I think, comes from a sense of accomplishment, learning a new skill, having a challenge. As a, lo- a lot of my life have just drifted through and I've been finding challenges, some of which are short term, some of which are long term, some of which go belly up and fail on me, which is mm-hmm. perfectly right. And, and contentment as well for me is my head not screaming and shouting mm. so loud, which is mm. very, very nice to experience some days. But beyond that, I don't know what happiness is or isn't, really. I think it means different things to different people, doesn't yes. it? And yeah, I, I liked that that sort of description that you 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 gave about yeah that 
being being able to sort of manage it I suppose those those feelings and somebody else uh, that we've talked to talks about kind of trying to be in balance I suppose yeah, um, yeah. I don't think I've managed um, that <laughs> something you're, to- you're working <laughs> yeah totally imbalanced but but I accept the imbalance and I'm placid <laughs> about it at least three days a week just three <laughs> yeah that's three more than it used to be <laughs> so what what brings you um happiness contentment you, you mentioned at the start there walking you've been doing some yeah. activism what what sort of things bring bring you happiness or make you feel good a, a lot of things yeah bring that that sense of calm um working through all my issues that helps if walking has been the big 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 one through through lockdown we can talk about that for ages at a minute i'm fine with that writing is also good when i have the focus to just write out everything that's in my head i never know where the pen's going to take me if i do free writing mm-hmm. yes yesterday i mean free writing's meant to be things like i don't know what to write i don't know what to write yesterday it was about dreams that didn't happen with arguments with ex-lovers who don't exist and that it was mythical childhoods that never happened and then there was a woman with a secret on a bus as well but her secret was a bit rude so I'm not going to talk about it <laughs> it's on Instagram and it's findable is, is I was going to say is your is your writing just for you or do you do you publish it more widely for others to to read most mostly it's for me it would be nice to publish it one day the the stuff that's been written in lockdown is good i'm also working on a walking book of experiences in that which i have no idea how to publish a book but it's it's almost written because i've kind of been writing it as a walk diary every day anyway so it's half written before i do any work which is very so what's, nice. what, what, what's your walking book then what is that just describing the walks you've been on or yeah. thoughts going through your head thoughts, as you're walking walks and thoughts and life and Black Lives Matter when all the protests were happening, everything going mm. on. And it'll, mm. the, the plan is to start in March when I was sinking physically and I, w- I was terrified that I was falling into some sort of you know, fatigue syndrome of some kind from traumatic stuff affecting my body. And I was yeah. able to walk less and less and be out less and less. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. It probably wasn't going to happen anyway. But so, so I started walking and it was that was helping my brain and as COVID was sweeping in across us as this big menace, I, I was sinking really hard with all the worries about it too much mm. and saw the GP who said, carry on walking every day if you can for your head, which was really helpful because then when lockdown happened, I carried on and didn't feel guilty about it in the slightest, which is really nice. So, so it just started off like that. And then at the start of April, I started writing down how far I'd walked. And then in the middle of April, I started adding it up. And on the 15th of April, it was 68 miles. And I thought, can I walk five miles a day for a month? And it's snowballed because I've walked 500 in the last 50 days. I, know, I was going to say, you've, you've racked up some incredible mileage. Yeah. it's And so it's, you go out quite early, I, I understand. You sort I, of do, do yeah. morning walks. I go out very early and uh, avoid people because... Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier. I had to go out during the day last week and ended up coming back and having major meltdowns and only just getting home safely. Yeah. So I'm so going out before five o'clock most mornings, which is getting harder now that it's dark before five o'clock. But mm. ah, actually, it's quite nice out there. It's a lovely day today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. At half four, it was still raining. 
Was it? Oh, I was but, I was completely fast yeah. asleep. <laughs> five five o'clock. It was dry, so I was able to get out and add another ten miles on and see the river, which is always gorgeous. So, do you have a preferred? Um, you know, do, do you have favourite places that you like to go and visit when you when you go walking, or do you just yeah. step out the door and see where you end up? My, my favourite places to go, and my, and my frustration is there's so many places in the area that I'd love to get to on the bus, and I'm not going on the bus at the moment, mm. really. Mm. There's, it's tempting to get frustrated. It's tempting to get jealous when I see all the pictures on Facebook of, I've gone out into the wilds, I've gone to the sea, I've been sitting on Hadrian's Wall. But I know I shouldn't do that because I'm really fortunate with what I've got living in Biker because mm. I can walk one day through the city centre and hit the parks and the moor. I can walk another way and I'm down by the River Tyne and there's miles of Riverside Park. I can walk another way and I've got the whole of Jesmond Dean. So any combination of round trips makes, it's it's made the last 20 weeks a, a lot more bearable and a lot more yeah, happiness inducing. <laughs> I think we're I think we're really fortunate, aren't we, in Newcastle to have so many yes wonderful green spaces and you yeah. know, compared to other cities. I mean, just yesterday I I took my girls down to the Ooseburn and we just kind of walked yeah. walked through the Ooseburn all the way up through to Heaton and then back again and then along the river down to the Tyne Bridge. So, yeah, we, we've we're not short of places to to walk just in the it's, city centre, yeah. have we? It's fortunate. There's there's loads of green. I've been plotting plotting all the walks on a, on a map as well and playing a map game to see how far I've got. And when I went through Paris, I, I zoomed in and there's very little green space if you compare it to Newcastle or to mm. London. It's mm. just built up all of it. And I'm, I'm so lucky not to live there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak French, so that probably wouldn't help either. No, that might be helpful, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So were you a big walker before lockdown uh, or has this made you more of a walker? This this has made me more of a walker. A few years ago, it was doing a, quite a lot of walking, nothing that far, but getting out as much as I can and exploring. Once I got the autism diagnosis, I worked out how to get myself a bus pass and that, that really changed everything. So yeah. I could get out to places I'd never seen before. So I was walking down the Durham coast, up the Northumberland coast, and to some obscure places that buses do go to. I wish they went to more places, but they, they <laughs> never will. Not with not with public sector cuts. <laughs> but that's another matter. <laughs> that's a yeah. whole other whole it other is. conversation, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. but this, this year I've certainly walked more than any other year. The last four or five months have been the four or five months in which I've walked the most. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, I walked the first 15-mile walk of my life. Oh, I've, I've walked 14-mile walks, but then suddenly I did this nearly 18-mile walk. Yeah, up from that's, New, a, that's a long yeah. way. <laughs> Newcastle to Wylam, back to Newburn. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous walk. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's other walks planned. I uh -huh. may risk some buses. But yeah, it's, it's got me fitter, and now I've started to run. Which is what? Which is totally unheard <laughs> Fabulous. of. Fabulous! You love yeah. it. It's brilliant. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to run for a lot of years at all because because of knee problems, which are mm. actually hurting today. But that's a lot that's of people okay. have that issue. Yeah, yeah. knees. Mm. So if I ran to catch a bus and ran those twenty yards, it was a fifty-fifty chance of knocking my knees out for the next three days. Mm. But yeah, they seem to be stronger now. So I've started doing a little bit of running, which is maybe maybe all that walking is kind of 
built that strength up, perhaps. Yeah, it does build up some of the muscles. I've, I've, got yeah. a, I've got a running book. It arrived the other day, and it talks about the different kinds of muscle strength that are in legs and which ones are built up by walking, which ones are built up by different running. So it's going to have built up a bit. Yeah, yeah. Last week, during a walk, I ran nearly a mile and a half in total, which is the furthest I've run in a day since I was 15. Yeah. So that's 35 years ago, nearly. <laughs> Which, which is great. And I have are my you just, park run. Are you just kind of making it up as you go along then? Or are you trying the couch? A lot of people try the couch to 5K, don't they? Have you, yeah, are you just I, sort of seeing how you feel and just do what you want to do? I'm making it up, really. I've, yeah. I've downloaded couch to 5K, but even on the first day, you've got to do quite a lot of running in, in your <laughs> thing. And it's too much for me still to do. It's, it's about eight minutes in total. Actually, it might not be now. And then, then I could have... Have a have a comedian talking at me and encouraging me through it, or so somebody else beating me up through it. <laughs> Keep going, you're stronger than this, you idiot. I don't know what they say. There's there's another one as well. I've not tried it, but there's a. I think it's called Run Zombies Run. Yeah. So you can Friend, pretend that you're kind of in a in a game and you're being chased by zombies. I've not tried that one, but maybe I will yeah. one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a friend has it, and she was running past the place that's the Fusiliers down at, by the river here, and and there was gunfire as she was going past, running away from these zombies. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never heard gunfire down there, but obviously it happens sometimes. <laughs> so, um, walking, writing, what else brings you um, happiness? In, in the last year, some some study, as I, I haven't been stable enough to study or do courses, e- even though I did a three-week Let's Make a Video Film with you mm-hmm. two years ago now. I know. I can't least. believe it was a few years ago now, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah and, and the study has really helped. I had this idea, well, one of, one of the people in our head had an idea at the start of last September, can we do a course maybe for three weeks and then... We've just, just finished the level two accounting courses and we're going to be starting the level three accounting courses on Monday. And that, that's meant a lot just to be able to get through with that stability and be able to take the exams and do them. It's changed a lot in my head. because it's, it's not the fact that I can do a level two course because I have a master's degree. So <laughs> level seven or whatever that is. Yeah. But it's having that stability back and the conquering everything that I've had to conquer to get out there and do it that just means everything to me that's really interesting what what do you um do you hope to do anything with those accounting qualifications was it as you say just about doing it I I I do my 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 dear wife said at the start of the year she said oh was it last year it doesn't matter she said that with the best will in the world, I will never be able to work because of my head. And the week after Easter, I was meant to be starting a work placement, mm. which of course got cancelled because of COVID, yeah. but it, it might come back. Yeah, so, so it'd be nice to be able to support myself for the first time in my life mm. yeah, and play mm. with numbers all day. And also, I'd like to be able to help a charity as well with the skills, actually yeah. have some useful skill for a charity. Yeah. Uh, well accounting is always handy isn't it and it's often yeah as you say in in charities and and the cultural sector a lot of people are so into the doing that yeah that that side of things is often the the, the more challenging part of it i I can play with numbers i like numbers 
I was going to say, you see, love numbers, don't I you? I do. When, when I went to see Countdown recorded, there was a numbers game that Carol Vorderman couldn't get, and I was the only person in the audience who could. That was. Did you put your num- hand up and go, I know it, I know it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's my numbers claim to fame. I, I used to beat the Sudoku world champion sometimes in Sudoku times when I was more obsessed with those things. I'm still quite obsessed, but not like I was. And another thing I do to build up happiness is Instagram, which mm-hmm. hardly anyone looks at. It's, it's just for me. It's building up a set of memories that show yeah. that I've got quite an awesome life and I've done all these weird and wacky things in the last few years. Yeah. And on my bad days, I could open up Instagram, quick scroll, life's okay. Yeah, yeah. And looking back at those yeah. memories. Yeah. yeah. You did that. You did that. You can do it again. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I have Instagram as well. It's to kind of look back. And, and, and during um, lockdown, I was doing... Have you heard of One Second Video? Yeah. Uh, or One Second Every Day, I think it's called. So I was doing sort of weekly videos with the girls, you know, through the homeschooling. Um, <laughs> more of a sort of record, I suppose, of, yeah, the, the last few months. Um, and yes, as you say, looking back and going, look what we did. We did yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Anything else, Claire? I mean, that, that's a great... Great selection of things so far, yeah. your, your, your Instagram, your numbers, your walking, your writing. Is yeah. there anything else that stands out for you? YouTube's being quite good at the moment for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, YouTube's a dangerous place because you can fall into all sorts of wacky conspiracy theories and fall into all sorts of strangeness that in places you don't want to be. But it's it's a free pass to masses of kinds of life and ideas and music that you'll never hear anywhere else and Mm. I just love it I've been watching lots of walking videos lots of Mm -hmm. running videos and climbing Mm -hmm. videos and science videos transport it's just takes me away into what might be takes me into way into yeah I want to walk these long distance trails too (laughs) yeah I want to be able to do that I think you can find absolutely everything on YouTube, can't you? Yeah. If, you, if, you need, if you need a hack to learn how to fix something or mm-hmm. whatever, there is there is probably a video on oh, yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Used, used yeah. a few of those. <laughs> how to charge a flat battery on a camper van. That's one that we had to sort of look up the <laughs> other day. But <laughs> yeah. the, the internet's problematic, but it has an amazing... It's things. wonderful at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think you've kind of touched on this already, um, but do do external factors affect your happiness, contentedness levels at all? I, I would love to be able to say, no, they don't know. Mm. I am a wonderful Stoic. I've read <laughs> the Stoics. I've read Darren Brown's book on happiness where he talks about Stoics all the time. So nothing external. I've done a mindfulness course. So I just <laughs> watch it and I don't judge it in the slightest. And I'd love to be able to say that. I'd love to say God's granted me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. But yeah, it's 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 rubbish, really. Yeah, because <laughs> it it affects all of us. There's there's one one of the main Stoic writers. I can't remember which one, of course, because I'm terrible with names. But he was such an awful Stoic. He was always in a tizzy about everything. But <laughs> so I, I like people like that who are who are a total mess. I don't <laughs> don't really engage with saints who are too saintly. I engage mm. with the messy people who. <laughs> are aspiring or who are doing stuff even though they're a mess yeah things do affect me 
internal things affect me as well that happen. You know, income affects me. It's nice to be able to have enough and sometimes there isn't enough. So that affects me like it affects half the people in the estate, unfortunately. The weather affects me. It's nice and sunny out there. That's a totally different feeling. Even if we don't, COVID's affected me and the lack of freedom, just not being able to hop on a bus and go on a big long walk from Chesterley Street or up in Mm. Northumberland, that affects me. The words of others affect me, which sticks and stones me, break my bones and words are worse. Yeah. Generally. It it's such a nonsense, rubbish, stupid yeah. phrase, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Most most yeah. phrases are, yeah. And then there's random events that can raise up traumatic stuff. If I, if I see a person with a dog, that can raise up a trauma thing suddenly. Wearing a mask, that can raise it up. And I'm doing it anyway because I've got this determination not to be beaten by a piece of cloth. I've <laughs> beaten lots of things. A piece of cloth's not going to be my losing battle. That's, but I am happier anyway mm. and I'm mm. more able to cope with the things externally. Mm. Even with lockdown, now I've adjusted it. I'm probably happier in lockdown than I've ever been in some ways. Yeah. With... It's definitely been a mixed bag, hasn't it, for, for people? Yeah. You know, some people have loved it and embraced it and enjoyed the solitude, whereas for others it's just been an awful time and, and sometimes a mixture of the two yeah. you know we've, we, I think we've all had good days and bad days haven't we yeah. um, on, on varying scales so how are you feeling at the moment then oh how am I feeling I don't know <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm hopeful for myself for my future which is changes everything when you're full of hope and when you're not full of hope that things yeah. can get better and will get better I'm also fearful, I think. I was fearful of coming and doing this and anxious of doing this as well. Fearful You're doing great, because, Claire. It's a, yeah, I'm enjoying this conversation. Yeah, fearful because <laughs> yeah, COVID could get worse. Um, the, <laughs> the civilization is probably already doomed from climate change, <laughs> unfortunately. That's what Rupert Reid said anyway last year. I did a lot of Extinction Rebellion stuff last year, mm-hmm. which also helped. My, my first day of not having any suicidal thoughts was in a week of activism here, wow. which is amazing. Okay. How am I feeling? I'm almost confident. My confidence is, is increasing and not being dented so much when things go wrong mm. as it used to be. Um, when, I, when I'm out there, when it's noisier, I'm still feeling broken. Having to be out there among crowds and among traffic noise again has reminded me that actually I am still a bit disabled, thank you. Whereas being out there when there's nothing going on is is quite easy and it's been, I'm well, I'm absolutely healthy and there's nothing wrong whatsoever. Um, I'm glad. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling glad. I'm glad to have survived and that's something that happens every day. I'm glad that I'm still here. I'm glad that all the times I could have stopped being here i stayed um and that that's been been a big battle over and over and over again i i'm loving just the fact that i'm still alive and have possibilities and that there's challenges to carry on until i can't carry on with them anymore mm. and it's it's brilliant even even on the down days they they don't affect the reality of what this life is there's days in which i am totally miserable like we all are, but 
it's it's ripples on the water, isn't it? It's yeah. it's not the water. If you talk about the Usburn coming down the top and tumbling down the waterfall, going over the rocks and through the weir, through a big dark tunnel before coming out into into the Tyne and being so tranquil till it gets to the sea and gets churned around again. And it's just the same water, but it's going through so much and it's just water yeah. with life. Yeah. Sounding like a good Buddhist again. <laughs> It sounds, Which, the, the description is great. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, really powerful. I wish it worked better. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's the, the advanced spiritual teaching that we don't really live. <laughs> yeah. But am I happy? Am I happy? I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what happiness is. Mm. I can I think, think of that, the, no, I think that's yeah. okay. Yeah. <clears throat> think of the gorilla's yeah. song. Because it's, you know, I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad. Yeah, yeah. I've got sunshine in a bag, which we which we sing at choir. Well, we did sing at choir until COVID, and we'll sing it again. I'd forgotten about that song until you mentioned it. Yes, yeah. that's great. Good, good we, lyrics. We have a happiness song, and it's in four parts, and that's one of the parts that mm-hmm. gets put mm-hmm. in. Fab. I've, been, I've been singing that in the Usburn at the top of my voice when there's been nobody around. <laughs> Somebody might have heard you. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> I think finally, Claire, it'd just be nice to just um, talk a little bit about um, Chili Studios because that's, yeah. um, you know, how we, we've come to sort of know each other. Um, as you said before, we, we, we ran a project a few years ago. Um, can you talk a little bit about Chili Studios, what that means to you, how it's, how it's helped you with your, your path to recovery in terms of your mental health? Yeah. Oh, Chili is a... An art studio complex in Newcastle, very close to here. It's just just over Biker Bridge from here, so that's lovely and convenient. And it's for people experiencing mental health difficulties. It used to be all at risk of experiencing mental health difficulties, but that's all of us. So <laughs> that's a bit of a yeah. big catchment area. So people go there and they are just people. They're not people with mental health difficulties. And it's, let's come and do some art, do some writing, mm-hmm. do some singing, do some music. And it's it's a great, great place where it's just acceptance for everyone to be there and be who they are and have rubbish days and talk about it and have good days and talk about it. Uh, and I, I ended up there start of 2018. I was having an absolutely rubbish day again, because <laughs> they were all rubbish then. And... Somebody who lives just down the hill in the Bikerwall estate, she said, oh, I hope this isn't swearing too much, but she said, get your ass to the studio. Yeah, so I, so I went to Chili Studios that day and it was happened to be the week when a project was launching about two weeks later. The, it was called Heads and Tails, which was a mental health heritage project to develop an archive of mental health voices for the northeast of England from 1850 to the present day through a variety of online media. <laughs> You've had that drilled in then. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. I, I ended up getting involved with that from the beginning and right the way through. And that's been the centre of what I've been involved with at Chile because... I haven't got into the art at all. They do the writing and they don't do the drawing. Yeah. So, yeah, we have we were meant to run about 30 events over two years and it was about 130 events in the end. We've... I, I was keeping up with the project and it was just yeah. incredible the amount of stuff you got up to. It was great. 
we ran a conference, we've run arts things, we've had spoken word evenings. The, the conference was great. We had about 20 speakers on different aspects of mental health and society from lots of different organizations. And I compared the whole thing and spoke at it, <laughs> which is great. I've compared, I've compared a conference and that's, that's I, can, ticked, I can look back on that. Ticked off the list, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another accomplishment for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's been, been been my big thing. And we did make that autism film. I mean, you help lots of people make films. My film was about self acceptance, really. I'd say it's it's okay to be autistic, and it doesn't really define me because there's so many other things that do are mm. part of me that are not just this label. Yeah. Even if it applies, I'm not a label. It's mm. it's it's great. Yeah. So we'll be back there over, over the. COVID lockdown, it has continued online to run groups. I've got to the writing group every week and written all kinds of strange things, which is fine. Yeah. One day we'll be back in the building and making a mess. Well, I think that's a perfect note to end on there, Claire. Thank you. Thank you. So that was my chat with Claire. What did you think, Don? Oh, that was great. Yeah, I particularly liked uh, how she beat Carol Vorderman at the maths. I, I wish I'd asked her a bit more about that. Actually, uh, there was definitely more to that story uh, than Claire. How's that for a claim to fame? Though? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I'm I'm useless at maths. I'm terrible. I've never been. But my my eldest daughter is is fab at it. So uh, I don't know where she gets Brilliant. that from. Yeah, and it's not my strength. I I can pick up bits that I need. Like um, when I learned to write a bit of code, maths made more sense because I needed it. Mm. So, but um, as far as something doing maths for enjoyment, that seems really abstract to me. Mm. But I I can appreciate it that somebody else sees the beauty in numbers. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I liked um, I liked uh, her strategy for going for a walk, getting up really early, and you know, having that peaceful moment uh, out in the world before everybody else is up and yeah, and bustling. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. She seems to cover miles as well. Yeah. It's incredible when when we've sort of been chatting on our our Zoom workshops. Um, she's been racking the mileage up, and it's just incredible. And I I loved how um, her sort of writing, her sort of journal to record her walks has kind mm-hmm. of progressed from just kind of recording um you know the miles that she's done to deep and meaningful evaluation and and thought around what what she's been doing on her walks as well i thought that was really interesting yeah it's it's almost like walking meditation Mm. isn't it It is it was interesting Mm. yeah yeah there was a moment where she says you know let's set off from the house and bike here and by the time i reached and i forget where it was but it was absolutely miles away and i had to (laughs) rewind and check that i'd heard it correct was it, was it Wylam? Yeah, I when I walked was, to Wylam. Yeah. yeah. How do you can you just walk to Wylam in a day? <laughs> Hopefully with like, decent shoes. <laughs> oh God, I'd need like a hot flask of tea. I'd need snacks for every five minutes. I just yeah, I was amazed. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's something that's obviously really been important for her during lockdown, and is something that she's continuing as well. And I mm. think, as we were saying at the top of the episode, you know, I think a, a lot of people that've been talking to so far have found 
exercise has been really beneficial to their mm -hmm. mental well-being and um, finding happiness. So it was interesting, again, to hear from somebody with walking this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Claire, for that. It was I, I could have talked to Claire for hours, I think. She was a really articulate, thoughtful um, mm. interviewee. So thank you so much, Claire, for your time. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we would love to hear from you. We love hearing people's stories, opinions and what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thegeordieguidetohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Geordie Guide or on Facebook, The Geordie Guide to Happiness. And as always, I want to give a shout out to our funders. This project wouldn't be possible without support from the Newcastle Cultural Investment Fund at the Community Foundation. So thank you so much for your support. We're taking a short break next week, but we'll be back on Tuesday, the 6th of October with a very special guest. In the meantime, you can always catch up on previous episodes and it would also be brilliant if you could rate our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We'd really appreciate it. Like, rate and subscribe. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Geordie Guide to Happiness so far. Take care and see you soon for another episode. Thank you.